Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Think ID. My name is Pablo Lapatina. And I'm Williams Monier. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing basically studying techniques. We have a very special guest with us, Carol Sanchez, our fellow friend and a first-year medical student from Florida International University College of Medicine. And we just wanted to bring her in to give us a different perspective within the healthcare field and casually discuss our personal studying habits. So please give a warm welcome to Carol. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're really happy that you came to the podcast today. Thank you for coming. Yes, thank you. So we were having me. Yeah, no problem. We were inspired by the book written by Terry Doyle and Todd Zakharacek called The New Science of Learning. So this is where we got most of our efficient and inefficient studying techniques from. Most of our studying habits are aligned with what the book states. However, there are some things that we do differently and we feel it's important to share our tactics and hence why we wanted to do this episode. So before we get into it, we wanted to touch upon a theory that the book states, which dictates what type of learner we are, and it may define how we study. The theory is called growth versus fixed mindset. So the fixed mindset basically is when you believe that you can improve on something if you aren't initially initially good at it. So if you're, for example, not born with it, if you're not a natural, you're not naturally good at this, um, you'll never get, uh, you're, you'll never be good at it. Right. And then the growth mindset is people who um, understand the fact that if they put time into something, they'll grow and they'll become better at it over time, even if initially they weren't so good at it to begin with. So I personally believe that um, I'm a growth mindset. I think that there have been very many instances in my life where I wasn't good at something and then I dedicated time to it and I got better. For example, I was really bad at chemistry in high school. And then when I got to college, I was like, I didn't know what to do. So I actually ended up picking the major that I was worst at, which is chemistry. (laughs) So that's one example. Um, Yeah, I also believe that I'm a growth. I have a growth mindset as well. Um, I do need some encouragement or some like, you know, motivation to get me going and to believe it. But I feel like that if I put my time and effort, I've seen throughout the years that I can accomplish whatever I set my mind to. Yeah, I think um, definitely I'm a growth mindset. I think a little like Williams, uh, when I started undergrad, I went into a bio major, which I had no type of science background before getting onto it, but I was confident and I was optimistic that if you put time into something, you'll definitely get results out of it. And I think everybody that gets into grad school has some type of growth mindset because there are a lot of failures that they had to overcome. And they stayed, uh, they stayed consistent and they didn't give up. So it's definitely a growth mindset type of thing. We all got here and we all had to go through a lot of things and we're here. So we felt it was important to address the growth versus fixed mindset because of the fact that there may be instances where people might think that they're fixed mindset in certain topics, especially in school. We've come across certain classes that aren't necessarily drug pharmacy related where um, students feel that, oh, um, you know, I didn't want to get into this in the first place. Why am I learning about this? I'm yeah. never going to be good at that. That's why I joined pharmacy. And then also sometimes when um, someone's doing well or they're succeeding, for example, in a certain class or whatever, um, some people, you know, think, oh, yeah, you're just yourself. you're such a natural at that right. or you're naturally good at math or science. But, exactly. you know, maybe you, you, people don't take into consideration how much time and effort we've put into it. And that's the only reason that, exactly. you know, we're good at it and we succeeded. If not, we would have not done well. So. Yeah, I was reading about this growth mindset and fixed mindset. And it goes way past even studying. It's just to all the things that mm-hmm. we try Definitely. to do in life. Yeah. Um, and it goes like just the growth mindset is also correlated with just like don't give up. Exactly. Right, keep doing what you're doing and stay yeah. consistent with it, and you're gonna, gonna see, out. yeah, right, exactly. So, another important aspect that the book <clears throat> described was sleep, 
And that's something that I think all of us here take mm -hmm. into consideration and really value. So when you don't get enough sleep, the part of your brain that's used to pay attention, the hippocampus, is unable to ready itself for a new day of learning. So sleep is important because it clears away like the previous day's unwanted information and then you are ready to store new and important information that you need. So typically it says to rest about seven and a half to nine hours is a good amount of time. And hence it makes it harder on yourself when you're trying to learn something new if you don't get these uh, hours of sleep. Right. I personally believe that sleep impacts um, how well you do in school as well as how well you retain information. I realized that after I started getting not only sleep, but also making sure that I have consistent sleep so that I go to sleep at the same time and mm -hmm. wake up at the same time or somewhere around the same time, that that has definitely impact how not only how well I feel throughout the day, but also how much energy I have to study and focus and remember the things that I did go over. Consistent is the key word. Yeah, consistency, <laughs> right? Yeah, I definitely get more sleep now in medical school than I did in undergrad, which is going to sound ironic to a lot of people. But I kind of made that one of my biggest goals when I started medical school. I made sure because I saw that it wasn't healthy for you once I was an undergrad. Right. So I wanted to make sure that I kind of stayed true to that and made sure that I was getting enough sleep along with other things that I find that are important to succeed in class. Definitely. So now I've been getting, I want to say on average, maybe like six hours of sleep, okay. which we're going to talk about this, right? It's, right? It also depends on how much you think exactly. you need exactly. for sleep. Not everybody, everyone's different. Yeah, yeah, everyone is different. And then me personally, for those that, I mean, know me, can attest I also follow the eight hours of sleep rule. And also throughout the day, if I feel tired and I'm at home studying, yeah. I have no shame in taking a nap, going to sleep, 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes, super effective for me. I get back and I can go the whole day. So don't be discouraged, you know, that I have to stay in school to study because then you're not really studying effectively exactly. if you're tired. So yeah. my parents always told me too, like, you know, you keep reading, you're reading or you're trying to memorize. But if you're it's tired, going, yeah. you need to go to sleep and then start yeah. fresh. That's exactly. Why yeah. I, I usually don't study past 930. Right. Because my if I've had a full day where I went to class and right. then I had to be in class for this exactly, and it was like yeah. maybe I didn't have an effective study day. I'm not going to try and study at 930 <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> it was I'm four hours. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to study till 12. No, it's exactly, not yeah. effective at all. So I'd rather go to sleep early and wake up early where I can get right. a fresh yeah. start. Yeah. It's not about how much you study. It's about how effective, effective. you are exactly. when you're yeah. studying. Yeah. Definitely. And also, if you're not a morning person, like I know I could not mm -hmm. set my alarm for four o'clock. I know some people that, no, I'll get up really early and start studying. I could not. Even if yeah. I do want to, I'll keep going a little bit, maybe yeah. 10, 11, and then get some good sleep and wake up at 7, 8 and start studying. Speaking of not being able to do things without <laughs> sleep, if I know some people, they pull the all-nighters because like they get very jittery and very anxious when they take an exam. So that kind of helps wake them up during mm -hmm. the exam. Yeah. But if I don't get sleep, I definitely will not be able to yep. like function during the exam. I'll just... Or recall or Yeah, thing. or recall. Yeah. I'll just be too tired that'll be like my number one instinct like I need sleep right now <laughs> and also in terms of napping I actually do this thing where I take a 15 minute nap I know some people take like really long I naps cannot. but I That's feel like that's supposed to be the power yeah it's 15, 15 minutes, minutes with coffee yeah. I do it and it works so well for nope. me but you know what Failed. it's just like studying because you take a long I feel like people take a longer nap because they feel like they got sleep like they got rested but I think it's like a trick that your mind plays Cause yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because then you feel sometimes a little bit more tired exactly. after you take a really long nap. Yeah. 
Yeah, I so mean, people think that because you didn't fall asleep during those fifteen minutes, like it didn't work, but it did work. At yeah. least I feel it working. I've, I've I've taken fifteen minute power naps, and after I feel really refreshed. Yeah, fifteen I tried twenty it. minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 15, but I 20. couldn't. No, forty five. I mean, it does like at the beginning you don't want to wake up, but then once I'm up, forget it. You see, like, because they I'll say once up. you reach like forty five an hour, like you start going to like um deeper sleep, and that's yeah. like really kind of detrimental. It but... also takes me a while to fall asleep too, so oh, like okay. I probably don't fall asleep for like, a good ten minutes, right. and then I'm okay. probably sleeping thirty. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the next topic we wanted to touch upon is exercise. Obviously, research clearly shows that regular aerobic exercise gives a significant boost in people's ability to pay attention. Larger amount of neurotransmitters are released when you exercise, allowing for enhancement of your ability to focus, concentrate, and be motivated to learn. I personally try to go to the gym on most days of the week, um, minimum like five days, and I try to go for 30 minutes. I used to go for longer, but um, I feel that as long as I keep the consistency in going, it's better off than going for longer, like once every few days or so. And yeah, with me personally, I really agree, and I can see the benefit of this. Um, however, I mean, now I've been starting to go more often because I do have a gym in my complex, but I usually go during breaks because unfortunately during the semester for me, um, a lot going on and I really couldn't find the time to manage it so it also goes if you do have the time and let's say you don't have one nearby then that also affects whether you can right. do it or not yeah. but um, meditation or other forms of exercise I've done meditation at home and things like that so that also could be a different sort of exercise routine that you can get into mm -hmm. yeah one of the things one of the goals that I set aside for myself when I first started medical school was exercise <laughs> and sleep yeah. right so because this is a long career that we're exactly, getting ourselves into sure. yeah. you guys too um and we need to start taking care of our bodies really yeah. and like what time then now yeah. right later on it's just gonna be even harder yeah, so exactly. like i wanted to form this habit starting now especially when it's so hard right for where you sure. think you can't do it so in the beginning of the semester i was well yeah in the beginning I was really good with it. Uh, I was going to the gym at least, at least four times a week. Mm -hmm. um, and I would spend in the gym about an hour, an hour and a half. And then I moved about a month ago. And then with the move, there was a lot going on. And I just thought that I had to get things situated at home instead of, course, of wasting right. that time at the gym. Yeah. But it was like, you also have to prioritize. Of course, yeah. Right. But ever since, now I've been getting back to it like three weeks ago. Um, and just getting back to the habit of doing it. But I definitely, even if I felt like I had to study that day and I had a lot to cover, mm -hmm. I would just make myself go to the gym. Mm -hmm. and be yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to waste one hour. Exactly. What's a big deal? Yeah. It's going to make me feel better. Yeah. And then in order for you to form a habit, you have to follow up with it, right? Exactly. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. so the one day that you don't go, then the next day exactly. you say, oh, no, I didn't I go yesterday, yeah. so yeah. I'm just going to go on Saturday. Yeah. And then Domino you don't effect. end up going. Yeah. And yeah, next right. thing you know, it's been a week and mm -hmm. now you want to go to the gym and it's like, oh, but it's been so long and now I feel so sluggish yeah. and I don't want to go to the gym anymore. So it, you Even, may feel guilty doing it, yeah. but it's the right decision. Exactly. <laughs> Even taking a, like a run around your complex, yeah. if you don't yeah. have a gym, you know, get out and do a lap or so or bike bike right, to yeah. the store and back something like that even is what, some sort of exercise one of the things i do when i have the entire day focused on studying is i like uh, in the middle of the day i take a break and that break is like going to exactly the gym. yeah and that instead really of going on social you. media yeah you your break go <laughs> and like walk around it really it just clears up your mind and you're just ready to get back to it i actually sure. like working out in the morning so I don't have mandatory classes sometimes especially like my morning classes they're usually not mandatory and they're recorded so what I like to do is I like to wake up early and I go to the gym around seven and I start off my day like that, right? So I go to the, I work out, 
um, I finish all of that by around nine, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I can just study. Have the rest of the day. I yeah. have the rest of the day because I if I go to the gym after class, let's say I got six or seven. That's it. I lost <laughs> all of that because right. by the time I get home, by the time I Definitely, eat and everything, yeah. I lost all of that time. And I can't study at 10 o'clock at night. Right. Exactly. right? So I like to do it in the morning. And it also right. So it's all about what your schedule exactly. permits. Yeah. Because also it depends. Even after the gym, some people get really tired or yeah. depending on how in, how much intensity you did during the mm-hmm. workout. So if yeah. you don't plan it accordingly, maybe yeah. you go all out and you're exactly. trying to get everything in and then you're exhausted after you're like, I can't study now. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe for those people, they can go at night. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then with it, just a quick little side note is how you eat as well, you know, oh, with exercise, yeah. your yeah. eating habits. So that's definitely harder though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <for sure. laughs> just stay hydrated, yeah. drink a lot of water. Right now. Cook your own food, making I'm sure it's healthy. I'm horrible with water. I need to drink <laughs> really? water. I'm so bad with water. I've become a lot better. I drink so I much water. I hate it because I have to use the bathroom every yeah. minute. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like I used to look at it in a bad lighting also that I had to pee so much. But then like someone was like, oh, you know what? If you pee more, like you get up more and that helps you stimulate your brain oh getting up so much to use the restroom. That's true. I'm but like, it's well, really it's all about how you look at it. Because then I'm sitting down Definitely, like, perfect. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I already have to uh, use a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get up yeah. and use a bathroom. And with coffee. Coffee and water are the worst oh combination. Yes, so. definitely. Yeah. But yeah, just a side note. So the next thing we want to touch upon is strategies to help you enhance your attention to have a more, a more productive day. This includes writing yourself a message to make sure that you stay focused. I personally don't write myself a message, but I do write things that I have to do um, on an app called To-Do List on my phone. I make sure that I'm realistic with the things that I have to do, because if not, um, maybe I might feel guilty afterwards that I didn't complete them. But I use that app almost always when it comes to what I have to focus on, what I have to study. And then if it's a certain task that I have to do, I usually use the, the Reminders app on my phone. Yeah, so for me, I use the stickies on the on the Mac. Um, before the Mac, I used to use like actual stickies and like make sure that I separated them between like organizations or classes. So like each class had their sticky and I would add things that I needed to do for each one. Um, and then I also have some motivational friends. Shout out to you guys for like keeping me motivated and like going when I'm overwhelmed and things like that. But also what I wanted to mention, my calendar is always up to date as well with anything that we need to do, events and organizations or tests, exams and stuff. But um, whatever technique you are going to use, be it the stickies, be it the calendar, whatever it is, make sure you keep up with it because there's no point in writing something in your calendar or on these stickies if you'll never look at them. So my stickies are on my desktop. As soon as I open my computer, I can't avoid them. I'll see them. And it's just a habit of mine to go to my stickies and look at it. If you put it on your calendar, make sure before you go to bed, you see what you have to do tomorrow. Like just into that. Yeah, one of the good things about the to-do list app is that... um, it actually has a Mac version, so I I also have it there on my Mac, Perfect. and I just never close it. So yeah, I'm not a to do list person. <laughs> I I basically just keep everything on my mind and try <laughs> to keep up with it. But I have tried to write things down and to keep reminders. But I found that it gives me more anxiety, and I feel overwhelmed when I write things down. I guess because I'm not realistic with the goals that I'm trying to achieve for that day. Um, and I end up feeling really guilty at the end of the day because I see my list and I'm like, I only did one thing and I didn't actually actually do the whole one. So I guess ignorance is bliss for me, but there are some things that I do have on a calendar, like our class schedule. It's linked from Canvas. Canvas is like our 
I guess, yeah, school right, website. Yeah, we, we have it too. Yeah. yeah, and it links to our calendar on our phone oh, and that's our awesome. map. Oh. Yeah, I because didn't even know that. Yeah. our class schedule is constantly changing, especially the morning ones. Like sometimes we go in at nine, and sometimes we go in at eight thirty, or sometimes the class is mandatory. Wow, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's always changing. So we, uh, I always look at it before bed. So that means your professors are pretty good with like updating that, right? Because they're the ones that have to go ahead and. No, it's planned for the rest of the semester. Oh. Like the whole year, I know oh, my schedule. But like on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah, like a certain week, it might be different from no. No, every day it might be different. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like Monday, I might have to go in at nine, and then Tuesday it's actually eight that we go in. It just depends on what we're gonna be covering. (laughs) Yeah, and then sometimes the mandatory class will be from ten to eleven. Like that's the only mandatory portion of that class in the morning. So I have to constantly check that and make sure. Okay, this is a mandatory time at ten. All (laughs) right. Um. So I check that at night before I go to bed. That's that, good. Definitely. That That's I do good. check, but I don't write it down. It was already there for me. <laughs> yeah. Or also people that check off one thing on the to-do list and they feel super accomplished <laughs> and they don't have to do anything else. Like, make sure you you put things like we said are realistic exactly. and that yeah. you want to accomplish, not just yeah. putting to fill up the sticky note, but that you're going to accomplish right. during that day. Yeah, I definitely need to put things on my calendar or else obviously I'll just definitely forget about it although I feel like that's really been um impeding my memory because <laughs> I if it's not on my calendar it's like it never exists <laughs> no I write um I don't write things down but I try to keep short to maintain um, my schedule and like what the class is going with if I didn't go to class mm-hmm. I try to make sure that I'm right. on the same schedule that they are if I missed it okay exactly, today yeah. I have to go watch gotcha, it or yeah. not tomorrow that's important right? keeping yeah. up to date with yeah, the classes up to date definitely because then you don't have to put oh i have to watch this lecture exactly. or like, you forget so to watch I a lecture to write it exactly. down. i'm yeah. like let me just watch it now <laughs> <laughs> um another concept that the book discussed was fixing your environment so clearly society in the 21st century has led us to have kind of like a subconscious need to constantly be in the know and everything right now but um not having access to a cell phone email technology or social media leaves us with a feeling of guilt and kind of like seclusion so this can lead to a rabbit cycle of constantly having to check your phone and uh, need to know notifications and the news and everything yeah. right away. So, I mean, clearly we can see how, I mean, social media impacts this. Definitely, so, yeah. however, we really should try to minimize it and minimize distractions. So we're just going to discuss how we each kind of try to fix our environment. To make sure that we're not distracted. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I do is that the, the iPhone now has the ability for you to, I guess, control the amount of time that you're on social yeah. media. So you can add how much time you want it for the day. I have mine as one hour. Um when I'm studying and when I'm really busy, it's perfect. I don't even I don't even get the message that says your screen time is about to finish. Right. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm not studying, I realize it'll pop out like five <laughs> times. Like you really want to go on it again? You already surpassed the limit. And but it's a good reminder to definitely uh, it reminds you how much you are on your phone or yeah, you're right. logging on on social media. And when I am studying, it helps me if I I do that little habit where I'm waiting for something to pop up or, or I'm waiting load. for something to load. Yeah. I go on my phone <laughs> and then it says, "Well, you already uh, uh, passed uh, your limit. Put your code." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, actually, thinking twice about this, yeah. let me put it down." Right. Yeah. And then there's also this technique that's called the Pomodoro method, and basically. You set a timer for the things that you want to do um, for tasks. Right. And it depends on how much time you want to put into it. But I think it's recommended like at least 20 to 25 minutes for mm-hmm. each task. It just depends on how you, how much you, what the intervals you want it to be. Okay. Um, and then 
after you have each of those intervals, you could take a little break. It's usually five to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And in that break, you can look at your phone or do whatever it is, go to the bathroom. And I usually do that when I'm studying. I definitely, I don't study. I'm not like, okay, I'm going to study for five hours straight. <laughs> right. Right? I'm just going to sit here and not look yeah. at my phone for five hours because that's not realistic at all. Right, definitely. I'll usually... And you just start to like hate it after exactly. a while. Or think about it like yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm watching Tegrity, which is a recording app for our class, I'll probably do like 25 minutes of watching it and mm -hmm. then I'll stop, take a break, look at my phone um, and then just continue on until I finish. And I, I think that works pretty well instead of just going through. Some of our recordings are like an hour and a half. Right. It's really hard to just go through a whole hour and a half. Definitely. Right. I do something similar, except mine's are a little bit longer. If I'm at home, I'll usually study for around like 50 minutes and then I'll take like a 10 minute break. So yeah. it's pretty similar. I'll go walk around, make sure I get some like, I even go outside my house sometimes <laughs> just to like look at the environment yeah. or something. Um, But if I'm like at a place, I usually prefer to go somewhere where I'm, motivated by the environment that I'm in so maybe the ambiance everybody else there is also studying and that's usually Starbucks for me I go there and I feel like I'm just so focused on what I have to do because everybody else is also focused and no one's really on their phone well at least the Starbucks I go to yeah. so that helps me um, make sure that I'm minimizing distractions um, for me I mean it depends on what I'm studying and how how much I need to study or deeply get into studying but when I'm at home you know, I, I'm concentrated, I can have like some mellow music or like, you yeah. know, classical music, and then I can do my thing. But um, I definitely then take my break in the middle of the day, I eat, I go play with my dogs, whatever I need to, I talk to my parents for a little bit, whatever, try to get distracted and then go back to it. But um, sometimes I do like to go to a coffee shop and be in an environment if I just need to, you know, reiterate to myself certain things, talk about it out loud with someone or whatever, I find that that that's really helpful for me. So... Yeah, and one thing I wanted to add is when I do take my breaks or let's say I mean, I'm having lunch on a study day where I'm studying the whole day, when I'm eating lunch, I'm on Netflix watching my shows, right, right, right? So that I can fully distract myself. And then once I'm done eating lunch, I'm like, okay, that's it. Like, that was yeah. my Netflix time. Right. Yeah, right? actually, I just <laughs> yeah. started doing that too. Same. I started watching. I found a Netflix show. I was like, okay, I need like a short 20-minute show yeah. that I can watch while I eat. And I started telling everyone, I'm like, if you need a short show, this is a funny show. It what gets show your is it? Shit's Creek, it's called, on Netflix. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious, though. It's really funny. I um, do that with so many shows. It was yeah. Friends, and now I'm on New Girl. Like, <laughs> I've been taking a lot of breaks, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Mine, it's usually one-hour shows, but I'll be like, okay, well, now I got to watch it on another lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't finish wow, the Wow, that's suspenseful. Hour. Yeah. It is. But, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so next we're going to talk about the ineffective and effective studying techniques that we brought up at the beginning. So first, the ineffective studying techniques. Some people, some of you guys might actually think these are really good studying techniques or it might be the only thing that, you, that you're doing while you're studying. Um, but we want to get you in the habit of maybe doing the effective ones, which we'll discuss after. So the ineffective ones include highlighting and summarizing. When it's used ineffectively, it, can, it becomes a low utility tactic. Um, if you know how to use it, it can be a high utility. However, it's still ineffective when we're doing those higher level tasks, which all of us now in graduate school are doing. So yeah, just think twice before highlighting or summarizing. You know, there's other techniques that might help better, um, you know, recall or retain information. Mm -hmm. And then the second ineffective technique is rereading. So this is also a low utility tactic because it isn't actually testing whether you know the material or not. It actually just tricks your mind into thinking that you're learning something new. 
Um, I can personally relate to this because one of my studying techniques is making reviews for exams. So, you know, while I keep up to date with um, class and things, I, I start making my reviews. But then once I finish my review and I go back to it and I start reading it, sometimes if I start rereading it more than twice, I find myself just rereading the things that I already, like, you know, that I know or like that I memorized the concept and I might miss those things out I haven't concreted yet. So that's something that I can relate with. And now for some of the effective studying techniques. This includes practice testing. This is a high utility task with the advantage of not being very time intensive and doesn't really require extensive training on how to use. I personally incorporate this into almost all of my studying. I make sure that I'm testing myself to see if I remember the things that I went over. I personally feel that this has helped me um, learn and study better while I progress throughout pharmacy school. Another one is space repetition, which is another high utility task that I actually combine with practice testing. This involves um, giving yourself some time before you go back and revisit information and testing yourself to see if you remember that information after a certain amount of time has passed. One thing that isn't in the book but uses some of the effective studying techniques described in the book is called Anki. And Carol uses Anki, so she's going to describe to us what Anki is and how she uses it. Yeah, so I use Anki for only my anatomy class. Uh, I'll get back to it. I just want to talk a little bit about my study techniques okay, um, yeah. and talking about like rereading and all of that. Um, so what I usually do is that I usually want to have like at least two passes on the information. So either that'll be if I went to class, that's my first pass. If I was really tired that day, right. that doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> exactly. I have to watch it all yeah. over again. If it was a good class or I was really engaged, perfect. That's my first pass. And um, and then my second pass will be talking about it with a study group. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be my second mm-hmm. pass, basically. And But if I didn't go to class, I'll watch it. Or if I felt like it was a bad lecture because in all schools, course, there's right, some yeah. professors that, I mean, maybe you don't really click with how they teach things. I'll usually read about it. Okay. Okay. And I'll make my notes off of what I'm reading. Um, that'll be my first pass. But I won't will not reread. Right. Because I see that when you read, you're not really learning that right, much. It's yeah. just for you to get the the information. Right. And and my second pass again, we'll be talking about it and bouncing off ideas with people as we go through the slides and we'll say like, Oh, what do we remember about this? And uh, what do you think about this? What does this mean? Can somebody explain it to me? Okay. Um, and with writing, I usually don't write everything. I don't I only rewrite things that I don't know well. Right. So like my notes will be of things that I don't really understand that well. Yeah. So I have to write it out to like go back to it or like I'll write it out in my own, I guess, um, schematic or my own diagram so that I can understand it better myself but my notes yeah yeah, my notes are not like word for word how everything goes no if there's a slide that I I understand I'm not gonna write notes on that like that's wasting your time yeah yeah. or sometimes even like I mean in pharmacy school some drugs generic or brand or if I know what they're for you know sometimes I don't include that in my reviews yeah Um, because you know exactly you know it so I'm not gonna take up space when I when I go to look at my review I want to look at the stuff that I need to see and that I need to remember exactly. and making sure that you're focusing on what is important is also exactly. really helpful and yeah. making, and because you're, you're not just going to be sitting there passively writing everything yeah so if you're focused, that's one of the harder things though yeah. because in school it's like know. everything is yeah. important yeah. I've had exams where they ask you the, the, the yes, little detail same. in the corner <laughs> and you're like wow did I really <laughs> have to put that in my it? review exactly yeah. So it's hard to distinguish that sometimes yeah, right. because especially with 
the exams that aren't made by professors are actually made like standardized tests. In our school, oh, wow. we have two different ones. Um, sometimes the standardized test will be really detailed on those little things that you didn't think would be tested on. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. basically, we just have to know all of the slides. <laughs> everything that's on it, know everything. Right. right. But like gauging how well you got that yeah. information, I guess, yeah. would or be s- being more act would be being more active. For me, sometimes I, when I'm going when I'm doing my review, I read the PowerPoint alone first. Right. Yeah. I go through the whole PowerPoint and I like reason and I analyze and I put slides together or whatever. Then I go into it and make my review based on the things that I want and like that I that are really important for me that I feel like mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. And then one last time I go back for those details that I didn't include. Like yeah. I just read the PowerPoint again and see like the slides because also kind of have like photographic memory. So if yeah, I yeah, see yeah. the slides yeah, one more time here. and I remember like that detail maybe that yeah. I'm going to forget. So I found that to be helpful for me. Yeah. And then for rereading too, sometimes we're rereading things that we didn't write. Obviously, there these things are coming from textbooks and slides that a professor might completely understand that word, but you could read it eight times and you don't understand right. it. So you need to rewrite it in your own yeah. words or rethink about it. So by just rereading what the professor wrote, you might yeah. not. Or use other yeah. resources to find more about Reasoning, that. Reasoning, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's what's good about talking to someone else. So because yeah. sometimes you'll be reading something together and you'll both be like, so what does that mean? Yeah. 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 And, and you exactly. never even notice that you didn't understand yeah. that yeah. the first time. So yeah, that's why I love um, group studying, yeah. especially for hard class like physiology and biochemistry because those things there's so much reasoning course, to it yeah. and when you really understand it you can do so well if you're just memorizing those concepts oh, no. you're gonna have it. such a hard time yeah. but that goes back to the Anki um, topic I used Anki for anatomy mm-hmm. and Anki is just like basically flashcards but on your computer or on your phone um, on your phone it costs money it costs like I think $20 on the computer wow. it's free and they're taking advantage of space repetition I guess Um, so you have to make your own cards sometimes people send it to you I think you get the most benefit out of it when you make your own cards Mm -hmm. because that's already a first pass exactly (laughs) right so you're writing your own questions and when you write questions you learn better right because you're answering them too and you can test yourself like oh I'm going to write this question do I know the answer Um, so I think one way that's helpful if you make them, but it's also helpful because once you're going through them, you have to click like, okay, was this easy? Was this hard? Was this really difficult? And depending on how you rate it is how often you're going to see it. That's awesome. Yeah. So the ones that you put that are hard, then you're going to see it at least 10 more times (laughs) in the next hour. Right. But you have to use it with time because it doesn't show you the whole deck in one day. It shows you the deck within a week. That's right, so you have to be making it from the beginning and constantly reviewing it. It's really cool. It's yeah. like an advanced Quizlet. I know a lot of our friends use yeah. Quizlets, so yeah. yeah. But it's it has like um an algorithm, so you if you want to do the whole deck in one day, you can. Mm-hmm. But it tells you like it might not be effective, cool. right? So they'll do like twenty new cards a day only, and then the next day you start all over again. Um, and it'll include things from the past and new cards also. It's amazing. I use it for anatomy because anatomy is brute force memorization. Right. Yep. There's no nothing you have to understand. No, you yeah. just have to know it. Right. Like, yep. what Where's is this the bone, bone right yep. here? Yeah. What connects this <laughs> bone to this bone? That's all you have to know. Exactly. So I thought uh, Anki was really good for for anatomy. I would not use that for physiology. I would not use that for pathology or I don't know. Maybe I would use it for um, like pharmacology, pharmacology yeah, like for knowing drugs. certain yeah. drugs. Right, yeah, right. because that's just memorization. Yeah. Now the mechanism of action 
might be a little bit different because you might want to understand know how a background, it goes. Of course, yeah, yeah, and that helps you connect things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but for anatomy, I loved it. If there's any brute force memorization class in the future, <laughs> microbiology, I'm sure it'll be helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I have some, I know some people that are second years and third years and they talk about sketchy. Have you guys heard about sketchy? No. No? Is that the one it's where... It's a cartoon. It's right, a, yeah, yeah. Anatomy, I think, yeah. The medical students here use it a use lot. It, they the keep using it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sketchy, they, they said they they swear by it for microbiology. Yeah, and for, <laughs> that's the class. Farm, they said it's amazing. It's basically like a little picture. And every picture of the cartoon, it explains the drug. And uh, I, we cool. have access to it. So, it's going to be... It's going to be useful for microbiology. I've actually seen a video on that where it's like, a, it's a cartoon and the cartoon's supposed to help you memorize whatever yes. you want to memorize. Yeah. It was funny because the cartoon that I watched, like told a ludicrous story, like something that you would never re- really remember someone just told you. Yeah. But and I was watching remember- the cartoon and I was able to tell you everything that happened in like, I think it was like a two minute cartoon. Yeah. I was able yeah. to tell you everything. Because like it really does, it helps you with the memory yeah, when you, you associate things. things. Exactly. Associate. Yeah, yeah, like we did for microbiome, we would come up with stories. Oh or, yeah, like, that's how we got things that. to remember. <laughs> so it's doing it for you instead of yeah. us having to spend time and. Yeah. Although that's probably helpful. It making is. Your own yeah. Stories. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I also did for my first class, which is called genes, molecules, and cells, it's like molecular biology mm. and biochemistry all in one. We had to know a bunch of random diseases, like the most rare disease in the history yeah. of medicine. You had to know them, like lysosomal storage diseases all of these things that you never actually see in person and if you do you're like wow i learned about this like four years ago so we had to know like clinical signs and all of that and there were so many i'm like how am i going to remember this right and one day in class a professor showed one disease like she showed us a video documentary on it It was really fast it was like five minutes and I didn't forget that disease. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch videos on people with this disease. Uh-huh. And it helped me so much because I'd be like, oh, that's the one that this kid had. And he had this right, and right. all of that. You so associate. Help, exactly. Yeah, you associate. So, cool. so if you can watch videos or associate it with something, yeah, it helps so much. That's good, good. So All thank right, you so, so much, yes. Carol, for taking time out of our vacation time <laughs> to come in. We really appreciate it. I hope this episode, I feel, was going to be really helpful for a lot of you guys yeah. and anyone out there that's interested in perfecting their studying technique. Yeah, just yeah? don't highlight. Don't yeah, highlight. Don't, don't highlight. And remember, we'll post um, the book that we read in the um, notes section below by yeah. Terry Doyle and Todd Zakharacek called The New are, Science of Learning. If you guys are interested in reading it now during the break or get exactly. many more ideas. And I think, does he have some TED Talks? He Terry has, Dan? I'm not sure if it's a TED Talk, but he has a video on YouTube. Okay. Cool. Because yeah. um, they usually go to schools that are interested in like making sure their students are being effective learners. Mm-hmm. So that he has some videos on that. And he has a website actually too, which I'll post also in the notes. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. All right, so on this week's infectious news, we have an FDA issued a safety warning for the use of fluoroquinolone antibiotics as the risks outweigh the benefits in certain patients. What patient population are they worried about? So for patients with or at risk for an aortic aneurysm, such as the elderly, um, people with aortic blockage history, high blood pressure, or certain genetic conditions, um, we do not believe that the benefits of taking a fluoroquinolone outweigh the risks, according to the FDA. Wow, there seems to be a lot of news coming out lately, even on medications that we've been using in 
certain populations for such a long for time. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, supposedly fluoroquinolone antibiotics are looking at um, this issue because it can contribute to the occurrence of rare but serious events in certain patients um, of aortic dissections or aortic aneurysm ruptures, which can be deadly. So this recently just happened. You guys might hear about it and we wanted to let you guys know more on it. All right, so that's it for this week's episode of Think ID. Until next time, bug you next week. week.